Eagles Weekly. It's the final regular season edition of the Eagles Insider Podcast. Yes, the Eagles Insider Podcast. I'm Chris McPherson, joined by Beowulf and Fran Duffy. <sighs> Gentlemen, happy holidays to both of you. And you as well. Sort of. Oh. Now, I, Ike Reese at the, during the postgame show was uh, very defiant when I offered him a Merry Christmas. He was like, how am I supposed to have a Merry Christmas? And it was true. It's a valid point, man. Yeah. It was a very valid point. Um, not, not what any of us were expecting whatsoever. Um, for me, watching the game here in the studios with Fran and, and Greg Cosell, Ike Reese, and the, the rest of our Eagles production crew, it just seemed like on that first drive, once you saw Ryan Kerrigan get around the edge, strip the ball out of Mark Sanchez's hand, you just had a feeling like, ah, this is, this is going to be one of, those, one of those games where it's just not going to be easy. And even though time well, who, not, But who thought it was going to be easy? I mean, it's an NFC East game. I second say time you play easy. a team this season. Okay, I wouldn't say easy, <clears throat> but the Eagles were not going to – the Eagles had it, were sending themselves up to defeat themselves, I guess is what I'm saying. You weren't going to see a mistake-free game, so to speak. I wouldn't say well, easy. But when have we seen a mistake-free game from this team? Dallas? Thanksgiving? Okay. Giants. Dallas, they were like one for five in the red zone even then. Like. I mean, no. They've, they've been flawless. No, and that, I mean, that's going to get to the point of why this team the Giants is going to be on the outside the, looking the, in. The shutout. That's the only mistake-free game they've played. You know, but by and large, you just had a feeling that you know, they were going to get in their own way. And even though you get into the second half and they had the lead, you started to feel like, you know, Washington was making the mistakes that teams that are 3-11 and start to make. Eagles were in a position. They got the fumble to start the second half. You said, all right, everything's set up beautifully. Get a touchdown here. They're up by two scores. Even a field goal. Just, you know, start to put things away. And Cody Parkey, who's been Mr. Automatic all season long, pushes the kick wide. And then at that point, just everything seemed to go downhill. And so the Eagles lose. But then they still could have won. And then they made another mistake. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, listen. It was mistake upon mistake upon mistake. You say, you know, we can't be surprised by now. They lead the league in turnovers. And you can't can't do that. I mean, you can't can't expect to make the playoffs if you lead the league in turnovers. So, uh, you know, they continue to do what they've done all season and, and make those mistakes, those crucial mistakes. They've tried to, to stop it, but but they just can't do it. So that's why that's why you find yourself on the outside looking in. Yeah, I mean Malcolm Jenkins sat right here in this chair last week, you know, a week ago today, and said the same exact thing that you know they know that the issue was turnovers and uh, creating them defensively, preventing them offensively, and it's been an issue that they were going to need to fix if they were going to take the next step, get into the playoffs, and go far. Uh, and they just weren't able to do it. It came back to bite them uh, all year. We said how. You know, good teams find a way to win, and the Eagles were finding ways to win football games. You know, where whether it was big plays on special teams, big plays on defense at opportune times, uh, and it just you know the last month it just hasn't it hasn't happened. The thing for me is, and Malcolm Jenkins saying that we need to fix the turnovers, we realize it. I've covered this team long enough that it seems like if there's an issue that's rearing its ugly head consistently by the time you hit October, November, December. You're going to see it all season long. It's not going to go away. I mean, some years it's red zone offense. Some years it's pass defense. So it's, there's different things each year. This year, the theme was turnovers. And history has shown that teams with horrific turnover differential don't make the playoffs. 
And the Eagles were trying to buck that trend. They were on the verge of doing so. But it came up to cost them in the end. I mean, it's frustrating because you look back on the season and one more win here or there. Well, I mean, I guess they would have needed two more wins now. But, uh, you know, the, the San Francisco game, balls in Riley Cooper's hands in the end zone. They lose. That could have been a touchdown. Arizona game, you got first and, first and goal with a chance to win. Can't score. That's another loss. Dallas should have won that game. Washington should have won that game. So, you know, this team is good enough to make the playoffs, but in the, in the grand scheme of things, like you're saying, when, when the, the full sample size of the season goes on, you can't lead the league in turnovers and expect to make the playoffs. That's just, I mean, you know, Chip Kelly, from the time he got here, has preached holding onto the ball and not turning the ball over. They couldn't do it this season, and then that's, that's why we're here. So, you know, that's, that's what happened. You, you just can't do that. And then defensive penalties, too, extending drives yeah, for the other team. Those are killers. So, uh, you know, they really have nobody to blame but themselves. I believe it's seven, right? It was seven third-down penalties that resulted in first downs for the offense in the last two games between uh, Dallas and Washington. And that, I mean, that's Amazing. just – you change that third-down ratio from – 33% to like f- over 50 when you do that. I mean, yeah. it's, it's unbelievable. And, you know, you, you, it's tough to rebound from that. That's why during the postgame show, I'm sitting there with Ike Reese, and I had a hard time trying to quantify how I felt about the defensive performance because the numbers across the board, for the most part, were pretty good. Yeah. It's not like Robert Griffin III had a spectacular day. He had really two big passes to Deshaun Jackson. That obviously was sure. the one, the, sure. real, the real big bugaboo. Alfred Morris really didn't get going, didn't caution the ground except for the one touchdown. You know, a couple times they were set by bad field position, weren't able to get him off the field or, or force field goals. But overall, it was really just the penalties that really seemed to cost the defense on this day. I mean, 13 penalties in one game, I, I, I don't know what the numbers are, but I can't imagine that teams that have 13 penalties in a game uh, win too often. But what was interesting, going and I was researching some of the numbers, is that Seattle and Denver – going into this weekend's game were the top two teams in penalties called against. And you say to yourself, well, you know, obviously there, there's got to be something there. Maybe that's something that hurts them in the end. And even watching a little bit of the Seattle game on Sunday night, penalties were the one thing that kept the Cardinals in the game before they were just way too limited on offense and the Seahawks were able to get rolling on, on offense on their end. I would say, to too, control. that the, the amount of penalties – aren't as big of the deal I guess now that I'm starting to think about it because especially considering the you know the amount of plays that we try to run offensively the amount of plays that you know on games where they it doesn't go well for the offense the amount of uh, that the defense is on the field if the defense is on the field for 90 plays you're increasing the amount of opportunities for there to be penalties sure, it's really the the time and place of those penalties I mean you know, it's well, third. and the kind of penalties. Right. You know? Well, yeah. I mean, it's third. It's, if it's third and third and eight inside the the twenty five yard line, and we get a, a holding call away from the play, and uh, you know whether it's the the ticky tack roughing the passer or the you know the roughing the passer that was justified, uh, you know the defensive pass interference down the field. I mean, those those are the ones that that kill you. I don't feel like it's ticky tack. One is you can't hit the helmet. There was one that one was of them kind was of, that, was, it was, that was it was ticky tack. But the first one was the was the ticky tack. It's ticky tack. But I mean, by the letter, if you're going letter of the law. It's such an helmet. <laughs> the one that, the one that, you know, obviously the Vinnie Curry one at the end hurt because that really set the easy field goal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But go back to the first drive, the Kerry Williams one, where it was just away from the yeah. from the play, no doubt. incomplete pass. Yep. All of a sudden, seconds later, you're like, "What's going on?" And then the camera luckily shows, at least from our end. I don't know what you're able to see, even though that's the worst press yeah, box view in the NFL. It's horrific. The worst ever. I mean, thank you for the going worst there. Stadium every year. in the NFL. It's the worst food. It's like the the whole experience <laughs> is just. 
It was a terrific. disaster. The uh, then this is the second week in a row too, where we had a, a third and one or a third and short and jumped offside. Second week, I think it was Trent Cole last week against Dallas, and then it yep. was uh, Fletcher. Fletcher this yeah. week. And it's as dominant as Fletcher has been, you know, there was an untimely penalty. I mean, there there will be a time uh, probably next week for us to to look back on the season as a whole and, and talk about things we're happy with and Fletcher Cox and Michael Kendricks. We'll do the whole off season. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll do the whole all that. But and there's a lot. But, there's gonna be a lot to delve into. Right so. now, it's just it's a it's it's all, it's just disappointment. That's all. In the studio, it was was it second half or was it second quarter or second half when I came here came in here in the same studio that we're we're filming this now, and I said I just. I don't want anything to do with the offseason. And I know, Fran, you're, you're a big draft guy. You love the offseason. Greg is great in, with the film study. He does a lot of his big projects offseason. So I know you guys thrive in the offseason. But to me, it, it was just so disheartening because you wait all year long. Well, that's the thing, too. For these four months. And it's yeah. like, I don't, and it's like offseason. It's like, you know, yeah, you get excited about the draft and new players and free agency and all the questions to be answered. I get that. But you live for the games. No doubt. And that, you know, I'm thinking – couple weeks ago the Eagles are nine and three on Thanksgiving and you're starting to think playoffs you're starting to think how far could this team really go is this team one of the elites you're starting to have those those dreams you know my my uncle lives in Scottsdale am I gonna be crashing with him for for a couple weeks you know you know some point uh January February you know you're starting to have a little daydreams of that kind of stuff and to be sitting here in week 17 going to this Giants game where you're playing for pride and to get to 10 wins and nothing more it's extremely disappointing, and I, I think that's an understatement. Yeah, I mean, I, that's you hit the nail on the head. It's the and it is a shame because obviously, I love the off season too for the for the reasons that you mentioned. But it is all for the games. It all it, right. it's all for the season. Yeah, so it's a process. Yeah, it's sad to you know to to see it come to the end, especially <laughs> where where we were a few weeks ago. It's just I mean, it's just crazy to think three weeks ago if you would you would have said we we're going to miss the playoffs. That's I mean, that would have been nuts. Surreal, absolutely surreal. Yeah. And to add to the hurt, now now after the game, you know, I started thinking back to 2008. And the Eagles lost a Week 16 game in Washington. You know, I'm trying to, trying to, trying to draw on past experience here. So back in 2008, the Eagles lost a disheartening, a, a devastating Week 16 game in Washington. It was a 10-3 to game where I think on the last play of the game, Reggie Brown could have scored the game-tying touchdown, but came like a yard short of the end zone, if I recall. Bottom line is the Eagles controlled their playoff hopes. Now they needed a ton of help, not just a little bit of help, but a ton of help. But they got it, and that was the 44-6 game. Yep. They needed Tampa Bay. You know, that was the Jeff to Garcia. Oakland, home to Oakland. Yeah, yep. lose to Oakland. It was a Jeff Garcia. John, it was, I think John Gruen's last year of coaching. Mm. They needed that to happen. They needed Houston, yep. a losing That's team right. at the time, to, to beat Chicago. That's right. With Chicago had everything to play for, Houston had nothing to play for. It all came together for the Eagles. My fear, actually, going into that you know, 4.30, the 4 o'clock game, the Eagles were the afternoon game with Dallas, was they're going to get the first two things to happen, but then not capitalize on the third. Well, the Eagles smoked Dallas. It was one of the greatest games that I've had a chance to be a part of. Brian Dawkins was, was phenomenal. The defense just dominated. It, it was a brilliant day. It was a great euphoric day and sparked a, an amazing run all the way to the NFC title game. So I was like, you know what? There's, there was still that glimmer of hope. There was still that chance Saturday night into Sunday. I didn't have any hope. <laughs> I would, I would try. I mean, the, the I tried. I, it, I mean, I we had dinner reservations uh, Sunday night, so I knew I was going to be able to catch the whole game. And I watched the first quarter, and it was, you know, it was, 
it was disheartening going yeah. going you know getting in the car and driving downtown and knowing like it was over it's over yeah i i actually was attending a family party and you know i knew they were gonna have no tvs in the house you know they're not what kind of place has no tvs in the house they, they don't they're not they have tvs but they weren't watching the games they were they're not sports fans so that's weird um <laughs> now everybody's like bobo <laughs> but no I, but sounds like I, a terrible party so I so I literally set, so I set up so I set my phone to get the alerts and you know my phone is just like buzzing and it's like yeah. seven nothing fourteen and you know I think I threw my phone after twenty one nothing or just like because you just knew at that point like all right. I didn't really watch much football on Sunday but I I turned it on I turned it on the game and it was already fourteen nothing and I heard uh, uh, Nance and Sims start talking about Jason Garrett as coach of the year and I just oh I didn't God. realize how furious I was until I heard that. And that was it. I was like, I just had to leave. It was we, disgusting. We were we were out of dinner, and I, you know, there was a TV at the at the bar. It was you know, like I don't know, hundred feet away. And Meg, <laughs> Meg kept asking me. She was like, Do you want Do you want to go check the score? And I'm like, I was like, No, I don't want to check the score. And I said, If the, if the if the Colts had found a way to come back, my phone would be vibrating like crazy yeah. in my pocket right now. Like it has it hasn't gone off. I'm not. I'm I'm just not gonna look. No, you were gonna be in so much trouble. Yeah, this is, I, that, that sounds like a date. Yeah, that sounds not, like right. the date night. I I got in trouble years ago for for yeah. very similar things. So yeah. you know, um, but and it's just been worse since. So on Monday, haven't done any of my holiday shopping. My wife thankfully takes care of most of it. She went. She's done all of her holiday shopping. I had a couple of things to get, so I'm running to the mall. I'm trying to get stuff done, and it's like the Cowboys fans are like coming out of the woodwork. I'm seeing guys, people with hats. One kiosk. I'm I'm at Springfield Mall, just outside of Philly, and there's like a kiosk with like T-shirts, and there's like a Cowboys fan till till the day I die. I'm, and I'm like, this is this is hell. Like this is going to be absolute hell if they make noise in the playoffs. This is going to be the absolute worst. Well, they're not going to make that much noise. They might win a game. Still, just the the longer they're and the thing going is to like Green Bay or Seattle and, and uh, win a game. F- fine, but the thing is. You know, ESPN. It's like now. It's like they're just totally jumping on the Cowboys' well, ratings. Of that's, course, you know. of course. But that's what I'm saying. Is the next as long as they're in it, we're going to be inundated with Cowboys this, Cowboys that. How great Dallas is. How great. It's just, you know. Do you guys? Do you guys have a, a rooting interest for the playoffs now? Uh, we were talking about this in the office actually yesterday. Uh, I don't know. I wouldn't mind seeing Peyton win one. Uh, oh, C-Mac loves Peyton. Yeah. I wouldn't mind seeing Peyton win another. I have a hard time seeing it, though. I I would agree, especially after watching them last night. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I – I'd like to see Andrew Luck win one. But I don't, I don't well, think that's going to happen either. After no. if he, maybe happened. if he had helped us out on Sunday. Yeah. Maybe right, a little but, more uh, – I don't know, man. Apple that. Yep. That's a tough one. Because, you know, Green, Green Rodgers has one. Russell Wilson has one. All these other teams, you look around. It's like, all right, you know, do we want to see Brady get another? No. I think I'd like to see. I think I would. I would. All things equal, I'd, I would. I would like to see Rogers win another one. I'd be. I'd be and okay he's the with best that. quarterback in the league. I think he deserves another one. I'd be okay with that too. My, I was Sunday night. I was pulling. I got home to watch Sunday night game, and I was hoping to see Arizona. Just that that story, because every week. I've sat here on on the podcast. Been like, a, uh, Fran would love a Logan Thomas Super Bowl MVP. I'm walking <laughs> off the set if he if he like leads them to the Super Bowl. I'm I'm walking out. See ya. Actually, <laughs> you know because it's just like they, they've just a, a injuries they've overcome every week. Like oh they can't keep it up. They can't keep it up. I'm like if they can keep it up against Seattle without well Seattle's playing. I'm like 
I'd, I'd be uh, down for the props. I'd be down for the Panthers to win the Super Bowl. Mm. You just want the, <laughs> whoever just so, finished seven since wins. Since we donkey womped him on Monday Night Football, I'll take that. Actually, go back. Let's go back to the end of the game. Ending it real quick, Fran. What were you going to do if the Eagles had converted that Hail Mary? You forget. Oh man, what did I? You you made a promise. That's right. As they they set up for that Hail Mary, you were like, "Are you going to do the podcast naked?" No, uh, it was probably worse actually. Uh, depending on your point of view, you were gonna. <laughs> if you said if Riley Cooper came down with it, you would have Coopertunity tattooed on. That's you. right. I did say that I would get the Coopertunity <laughs> tattoo on my lower back if he ca- came down with the uh, yeah. the Hail Mary. I mean, it would have been worth Earth. <laughs> What's that? What if it was Earths? It was just. It was just no deal. I mean, I was very specific. Okay. Yeah, he already had two touchdowns, so it wouldn't have been out of question third. for it. So I forgot about White that. Can't jump. I like. I'm, bl- sure, I, I'm, I'm sure you out. forgot. I blacked out. <laughs> I, don't I don't blame you one <laughs> for for putting that in the room. We're, like, we're so. like sitting there, or the show's getting <laughs> ready to start. You know, we had the volume down, like lights were on, we're ready to start. And I, I that's right. I do remember. Now, now it's that. coming. Yeah, that's fuzzy. Disagree. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not my proudest moment. So, uh, on the site Tuesday morning, finally posted your eagle eye. Apologies for the delay All in right. that. Again, did the holiday shopping. Was yep. Tried to watch a little of the game last night on Monday night. Um, you did highlight some great individual performances. And I think that's the one thing that no one's going to want to really hear about, obviously, because the team lost. But It was tough to write about. And I'm sure it was tough to write about. But yeah. there were some really, really good individual outings. Obviously, Zach Ertz just numerically with the 15 catches, a franchise record. Uh, but defensively, we talked about Fletcher Cox briefly already, but he was dominant once again. Michael Kendricks, another great performance. You know, I thought the whole D-line, you know, Benny Logan, Seth Thornton, they all had, had really strong games again. Uh, Barwin was, you know, held up his end of the bargain again. I mean, he's just been as steady as can be all season long. Uh, the the one play that stood out to me with Fletcher Cox, and I put it in the piece, was the the play in the first drive where he shadowed Griffin step for step, running outside the numbers and uh, limited. I think RG three slid for like a one yard gain, but he fell. Know, yeah, whatever it was. <laughs> yeah, I, it was. Uh, it was Fletcher Cox is just he's playing at a whole new level. The the last like month and a half, two months, he's been unbelievable. How did Brandon Graham acquit himself as a starter? I thought he did pretty well. I mean the 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 penalty, the uh, what was it, the rough in the passer. There was another one of those penalties we talked about, but uh, I thought he did a pretty good job. You know, I, he's been he's been steady all season long as well, so I wasn't surprised to see uh, how he played. So the Pro Bowl will be announced by the time that this podcast is available for download. We're filming yep. this Tuesday morning. Guys, who do you expect? Who do you think? We've gone over the rankings yep. where they finished in the fan vote, and obviously that's going to be much different than players' vote, and the players' vote carries more weight anyway, but who do you think – makes it who do you think gets shafted i think if i going who i think will make it i think it will be connor barwin yep and jason peters yep and i think that i think that might be it if Uh, cox doesn't make it just throw it out like just get rid of the game i think cox deserves it yeah but i can see if he doesn't make it i'm done i'm done i'll never talk about the pro bowl ever how many times we say this every year if he doesn't make it i'm done stupid thing it'll be the game (laughs) that i won't talk about michael kendrick's is another guy who if he should make it. Yeah, but he I again since he missed the games and you know, it, I don't know if he's as talked about nationally, he probably won't. Uh but Cox, I mean, he he's just been playing at such a high level. And I think he is starting to get some of that love nationally. Yes. You know, you see like, you know, the around the, the around the league guys at uh, NFL.com talk about him, you know, PFF talking about him. 
So maybe some of the fans, it'll you know it, that'll resonate with them. But it was getting more with the players at this point. He didn't make it, based and he on, should, and based he, on fan votes. I would so. imagine. I, I've said it before that I I don't know other than JJ Watt who plays you know a different position. I don't know that I've seen a, a defensive lineman be as dominant as Cox has this season. So we'll see. It's the numbers. That's the, that's the only thing is a lot of times it's oh who's got the most sacks and understandably. Anybody else in the uh, – well, Macklin's got a chance. Macklin yeah, has that's a chance. True. That's a good point. Macklin, Absolutely. Macklin's got a chance. Uh, you could say McCoy based on reputation, yep. which, is, which factors into it. And mm-hmm. he's still – is he fourth or fifth in the league in rushing? Oh, that's a good point. Sproles will be the returner. Yeah, Sproles will be a returner. Yeah, Sproles will be a returner. Him and Hester, yeah. Yeah. Sproles should make it as a returner. Could Maragos go in as the special teamer? And he could because of how well special teams and how nationally recognized they've been. It's every broadcast talks about, oh, all the – Non, you know, non-offensive touchdowns, all ten of them this so, season. I mean, they so, could, you know, in story. theory, we could have like five or six guys. Yeah, possible in theory. So I think it will. So I think it will be three because I think Sprills will make it. Yes, yeah. that is, that's, that's a good probably. call by BT. That's very good. Thank you, producer Brian Thomas. Behind the scenes, sixteen weeks in, finally, finally get a good insight from Brian. Yeah, <laughs> took long enough. Seventeen though, so. weeks, I guess. So, as we'll uh, transition, any, I mean, anything else from the Washington game that stands out one way or another um you know mark sanchez's performance i guess we could start looking ahead a little bit to the giants game and chip kelly saying he's playing the starters no question in his mind he's not playing guys for the sake of playing time and and i i can understand why media and fans would say let's give the young guys some playing time because you know statistically you're not making the playoffs outside of draft slot you know, there's no impact from this matchup. Why not give those guys a chance? But Chip, the conventional wisdom was, well, you didn't really need this game. Explain to us your thinking and your approach to this football. Thank you, Howard. Very simply, we're from Philadelphia and we fight. Yeah. That's it. If we're going to line up and kick off, you tell us what time to show up and we'll be there. Beautiful drop there. It's good. Too. Well played. What's not discussed? Where, where did that? Uh, you just had that. You had that yeah, ready all season long, waiting for the perfect moment. Yeah, I mean, listen. If you've if you've been paying any attention to Chip Kelly, you knew that that wasn't going to be the case. Yeah. yeah. So, and that's the thing too is that, you know, while the media is not at practice, the fans obviously aren't pra- aren't at practice. The coaches see these guys every day. They see Marcus Smith. They see Jalen Watkins. They see Taylor Hart. They see a lot of these guys, the young rookies that haven't really seen the field. They see them every day in practice. They know what they can do. They know what they can't do. Uh, you know, so th- I don't think they necessarily need the the extra evaluation period of a of a game. Um, but look, I mean, it's the it's the way to go. If you're going to preach for your guys, hey, look, it's a meritocracy, and how you practice every single day, you know, throughout the season is going to earn you playing time. That would be thrown out the that's window. That's the biggest you can't thing. Go away it's like, it, yes, you, it's toxic if you're like, right? Okay, you're better than this guy, but but we got to give him a shot. Like, yeah, yeah. Come on. it's a, it's the one hundred percent correct way to go. Or why do why would the veterans knowing that things are right. out of right. hand? Why would they fight anymore? Right. Why would they? Continue practice this week. They're like, you know what? All right, if we're done, I'm gonna book that vacation. And and if that's the case, and you're not getting a fair evaluation on the other guys anyway, if you know, if six of the eleven guys on defense are trying and five aren't, you know, then it's you're not getting a fair evaluation. So right, you just gotta play. You know, gotta play it to win. Plus, play to win the game. Freaking Giants, just just beat them. Yeah, with that 100 percent there too. So they're coming on a three game win streak. Eagles have a three game losing streak. And they're favored. They're fa- Are they favored? Two and a half points. Yeah. Yep. They are favored, and I'm sure it's really for one player. And one player only. Yep. Oh, no, Beckham Jr. 
Yeah. Had another one-handed catch on Sunday. I mean, I think he's I think he's one of the three best receivers in the NFL, period. He might. I mean, he might go to the Pro Bowl. Yeah, he probably will go to the Pro Bowl. He probably Bowl. will go to the Pro Bowl. Those highlight real catches, right. I mean, were some of the best sports highlights of the year, period. Yeah, he might go to the Pro Bowl. You know, is there any debate that he should be rookie of the year? Offensive rookie of the year. Well, I thought it was going to be Cody Parkey, but... It was almost Cody Parkey. All right. All right, guys. I think it's going to do it for the final regular season edition of the Eagles Insider Podcast. We'll be back uh, next week for another one, right? We'll do final the, one. Yeah, year in we'll review. Year in review, and uh, we'll delve into the big questions that will be faced this offseason. There we go. So we go into a new year. Exactly. So thanks for listening this year, guys. Merry uh, Christmas. Happy holidays. And we'll be back next week. <laughs>